Hi, and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I'm joined today by Michael Massey. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kara. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here again. Yes. And so, Merry Christmas. We are releasing this one on Christmas Day. So, um, Merry Christmas, Michael. Merry Christmas, Kara. Merry Christmas, everyone. And uh, we thought that we would just create a, a specific um, episode relating to Christmas. And um, Michael could share some, some Christmas stories. So just get your hot cocoa and your marshmallows. <laughs> we have snow here in Indiana, so um, the setting is perfect. Just curl up next to a fire and, um, and, and away we go. Favorite Christmas stories. Ready? Go, Michael. Okay. <laughs> um, now, you know, we just, we've just come off of the heels of doing a wonderful, uh, uh, uh workshop together on this, uh, fast on twelve twelve. And I had in my repertoire a number of, of stories uh, to, um, to share um, that um, just feel good stuff. And um, we ended up with a really full and rich and awesome uh, podcast as it, or excuse me, workshop as it was. And, and I didn't get a chance to get to everything. I couldn't get it all done. Darn it. Uh, darn it. Um, no, it's okay, which it always means that there's um, there's more. There's yeah. always more. And so uh, I'm kind of li- wanted to um, to share a little bit. These I've got these two stories here, and these are like two of my favorite Christmas stories. And uh, I'm going to try to uh, get through them without breaking down. So like break dancing, do you mean? No, <laughs> you're gonna break it like, down. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You're gonna try I'm not to try, cry. I would try not to cry. Okay. Um, uh, now these are two stories. I grew up um, as a son of a preacher man and born in Brazil, South America, uh, son of missionary parents, and uh, we had um, um, we had times, and we have not been in a life of a as a. Preacher's family is not. Hmm, it's not. Uh, uh, it's not affluent financially, but what we lacked in, uh, in um, financial resources was more than made up with um, love in our household. And so I grew up in a really wonderful family, and uh, for which I am ever so grateful. And. Um, and uh, these uh, these are two stories, and I had asked kind of special permission from my dad because these were his these are two of his special stories that he liked to share um, around Christmas time, and uh, sometimes he would share one, sometimes both, um, and they, these would find their way into his his sermons growing up. And I always looked forward to Christmas time for a number of different reasons, and. You know, that was always the month that we got to rent a TV. So we get to, you know, see all the, 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 the Grinch and the, you know, all the frosty and. The, and this, the, uh, this fills a, a gap 
for for our listeners as far as why you didn't know what the Newman show was in Newhart show, sorry. Uh in a previous episode, I got a couple of questions yeah. about that. Like, why how does he not know that show? And you didn't tell me until later that you didn't have a TV growing TV up. TV growing up. Yes. I knew of the show, but I'd never watched it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I have the printouts of them, and it's best if I just re- uh, read them as they were. Um, so these are your dad's your, words, the written version? No, these are actually, um, let's see, one of these he picked up out of what's called a Guideposts magazine. And actually, they're both out of Guideposts. Okay which is uh, it's a bit like a kind of a reader's digest type of, of yeah. you know, where you have these people write in their yeah. anecdotal stories. and My yeah. mom gets those. She gets um, Mysterious Ways, which is somehow related to, to guideposts. Um, yeah, I don't, I have no idea if they're even in publication anymore. I mean, everything has changed. Mysterious you know, ways the last... are because my mom always okay. gives them to me, and I love them. I love the they're little they're like little miracle stories, true, like b- yeah. submitted by readers. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, uh, this first one I have is called uh, it's called waiting, waiting for Christmas. Um, it's written by a gal named. Elizabeth English out of, from Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. So if y'all got your hot cocoa in hand and you're all snuggled up in a blanket. Next to the fire. Yes. And I shall read. All right. Herman and I had finally locked our store and dragged ourselves home to South Caldwell Street. It was 11 p.m., Christmas Eve of 1949. We were dog tired. Ours was one of those big old general appliance stores that sold everything from refrigerators and toasters and record players to bicycles and doll houses and games. We'd sold almost all of our toys and all of the layaways except one, one package, except one package um, that had yet to be picked up. Usually Herman and I kept the store open until everything had been picked up. We, we knew we wouldn't have want, we wouldn't have uh, woken up very happy on Christmas morning knowing some little child's gift was back on the layaway shelf. But the person who had put a dollar down on that package never appeared. Early Christmas morning, our 12-year-old son Tom and Herman and I were out under the tree opening up gifts. But I'll tell you, there was something very humdrum about this Christmas. Tom was growing up. He hadn't wanted any toys, just clothes and games. I missed his childish exuberance of past years. As soon as breakfast was over, Tom left to visit his friend next door, and Herman disappeared into the bedroom, mumbling, I'm going back to sleep. There's nothing nothing left to stay up for anyways. So there I was alone, doing the dishes and feeling very let down. It was nearly nine o'clock and sleet mixed with snow cut the air outside. The wind rattled our windows and I felt grateful for the warmth of the apartment. Sure glad I don't have to go out on a day like today. I thought to myself, 
picking up the wrappings and ribbons thrown around the living room. Then it began, something I never experienced before, a strange persistent urge, go to the store, it seemed to say. I looked at that icy sidewalk outside. That's crazy, I said to myself. I tried dismissing the thought, but it wouldn't leave me alone. Go to the store. Well, I wasn't going to go. I'd never gone to the store on Christmas Day in all the 10 years we'd owned it. No one opened the shop on that day. There wasn't any reason to go. I didn't want to go, and I wasn't going to. For an hour, I fought that strange feeling. Finally, I couldn't stand it any longer, and I got dressed. Herman, I said, I'm feeling silly. I think I'll walk down to the store. Herman woke up with a start. Whatever for? What are you going to do there? Oh, I don't know, I replied lamely. There's not much to do here. I just think I'll wander down. He argued against it a little, but I told him that I'd be back, back soon. Well, go on, he grumped, but I don't see any reason for it. I put on my gray wool coat and gray tam on my head, and then my galoshes and my red scarf and gloves. Once outside, none of these garments seemed to help. The wind cut right through me and the sleet stung my cheeks. I groped my way along the mile down to 117 East Park Avenue, slipping and sliding all the way. I shivered and tucked my hands inside the pockets to keep them from freezing. I felt ridiculous. I had no business being out in that bitter chill. There was the store just ahead. The sign announced radio electronic sales and service and the big glass windows jetted out onto the sidewalk. But what in the world, I wondered. In front of the store two stood two little boys huddled together. One was about nine and the other was six. Here she comes, yelled the, uh, the older one. He had his arm around the younger. See, I told you she would come, he said jubilantly. They were little black children, and they were half frozen. The younger one's face was wet with tears, but when he saw me, his eyes opened wide and his sobbing stopped. What are you two children doing out here in this freezing rain? I scolded, hurrying them into the store and turning up the heat. You should be at home on a day like this. They were poorly dressed. They had no hats or gloves, and their shoes were barely held together. I rubbed their small icy hands and got them close to the heater. We've been waiting for you, replied the older. They had been standing outside since nine o'clock, the time I normally opened the store. Why were you waiting for me, I asked, astonished. My little brother, Jimmy, didn't get any Christmas. He touched Jimmy's toe. And we want to buy some skates. That's what he wants. We have these $3, see, Miss Lady. And he pulled the money from his pocket. I looked at the dollars in his hand. I looked at their expectant faces, and then I looked around the store. I'm sorry, I said. We've, we've, got, we've sold almost everything. We have no skates. Then my eye caught sight of the, sight of the layaway show with its one long package. I tried to remember... Could it be? Wait a minute, I told the boys. I walked over, picked up the package, unwrapped it, and miracle of miracles, there was a pair of skates. Jimmy reached for them, 
Lord, I said silently, let them be his eyes. And miracle upon miracle, they were his eyes. When the older boy finished tying up the laces on Jimmy's right foot and saw that the skate fit perfectly, he stood up and he presented the dollars to me. No, I'm not going to take your money, I told him. I couldn't take his money. I want you to have these skates, and I want you to go use the money to get your, some gloves for your hands. The two boys just blinked at first, then their eyes became like saucers, and their grins stretched wide when they understood I was giving them the skates, that I didn't want their $3. What I saw in Jimmy's eyes was like a blessing. It was pure joy. It was beautiful. My low spirits rose. After the children had warmed up, I turned down the heater, and we walked out together. As I locked the door and I turned to the older brother and said, how lucky that I happened to come along when I did. If you'd stood there much longer, you would have frozen. But how did you boys know I would come? I wasn't prepared for his reply. His gaze was steady and he answered me softly. He says, I knew you would come. I asked Jesus to send you. The tingles in my spine weren't from the cold. I knew God had planned this. As we waved goodbye, I turned home to a brighter Christmas than I had left. Tom, Tom brought his friend over to our house. Herman got out of bed. His father, Papa, English, and Sister Ella came by. We had a wonderful dinner and a wonderful time. But the one thing that made that Christmas really wonderful was the one thing that makes every Christmas wonderful, that Jesus was there. Wow. Okay, we didn't make it through that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good story. Yeah, it is. Wow. Beautiful. You know, we had, uh, we had done a, think at the time we released it was maybe my favorite podcast which we did a few weeks ago on uh, angels Mm -hmm. and how when we're open to it how we can uh, we can be an earth angel here and this is just a beautiful story of that Um, we don't know why or how or why to go to the store or whatnot but then mm, and the the funny thing is, is when we, when we're open to that, as this uh, Elizabeth was, um, boy, do we true, do we truly get blessed in return? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you think we can handle another one? I don't know. It's worth trying. It's worth trying. Okay, we'll see if we can get through this one. Okay. And now, uh, you know, I uh, one of the you know one of the the things that um, we end up covering in that workshop was, you know, the gateways to to. Uh, to true love and, and, um, the keys that open those gates being, uh, gratitude and 
patience and acceptance. And this was actually a, kind of a little story that that is in that same spirit of of the keys and uh, um, to unlock joy and uh, um, and so much more. And so, without further ado, we have. Blessings in Disguise by Mildred Morris of Atlanta, Georgia. Many years ago, when the 20th century and I were still young, my <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, yep. My father was a pastor of the small Baptist church in Eatonton the central Georgia birthplace of Joel Chandler Harris, creator of the legendary Uncle Remus. We loved the town and the people, but Papa's salary of $100 a month was stretched past the breaking point for our family. We would have found it even harder to get by if Papa's brother Robert hadn't always sent us a $500 check on the 1st of December. In fact, all year we looked forward to that extra income. A small part of that windfall was always allocated for each of us at Christmas, and for weeks we planned what we most wanted to buy with our share. My seventh Christmas is the one I remember best. Uncle Robert's letter arrived on schedule. In our usual ritual, Mama and we children gathered around Papa's chair in the kitchen as we opened the envelope. But this time, all was not as usual. Papa caught his breath quickly, then read in a shaky voice. Dear George, it seems to me such an impersonal thing to just to mail you a check at Christmas. So I'm sending gifts this year, which I hope you will all enjoy. Love, Robert. Papa hid the dismay he must have been feeling. Mama couldn't help crying. Papa had a childlike faith in God to provide for his needs. Oftener than not, God's provision was mama. <laughs> it's true. It was her worried but expert management that helped answer his prayers. Now even she was helpless. The box with Uncle Robert's gifts arrived. We left it sealed and carried it into the parlor. For days we talked about what our gifts might be, and on Christmas morning we opened the box with unbridled hopes. Alas, our hopes were quickly dashed. The expensive, handsome gifts, each and each and all, missed the mark. I was a tomboy, and I cra craved a pair of bloomers, that daring garment introduced by the suffragettes. My, my gift was a doll, a sissy one. Pudgy young Rob, Marbles champ of the fifth grade, got a telescope. Papa had set his heart on a new baptismal boots. His gift was a leisure jacket. And that was sad because leisure was the one thing he had less of than money. Mama's gift was a shocker. She wanted one of the new electric motors for her sewing machine so she wouldn't have to power it with her foot. Her gift was a big, gleaming, super elegant alligator handbag. Even I could see what she would that that she would look strange with a bag like the one uh, the banker's wife carried to church. 
When the last present had been opened, we sat with the gifts in our laps and bright wrappings around us, too stunned to speak. Finally, Pop arose to his feet. Fanny, children, he said gently, I'm sure we each feel that Uncle Robert hasn't understood our needs and wishes this Christmas, that he's disappointed us. But I'm afraid we are the ones who don't understand. As we all know, my brother is a bachelor. He's not blessed as we are with mother and with one another at Christmas each year. I'm sure he must feel lonely at such a time, but he's gone shopping for us this year. Try to imagine what we would want for Christmas if he, if he were a merry 10-year-old like Grace or a middle-aged parson like me. He is given from the heart. If we find our gifts a little apart from our usual interests, we can also find that they open new doors. Leading the way, he slipped the, the brocaded jacket over his faded sweater. My leisure coat will inspire me to take more time away from my busy schedule. He suggested to, to us one by one how the gifts could, could bring a positive change to our lives. Mildred's doll can lead her, we hope, to an interest in the domestic arts she'll need when her tree climbing days are over. Rob's telescope can lift his eyes out of the playground sand for a look at the stars now and then. And turning to Mama, Fanny, dear, I'm sure you'll find your magnificent bag a welcome touch of, an ele of elegance in what I'm afraid is a very dreary wardrobe. Each of us begin to see our gifts and their giver with fresh vision. Love came into the room as an almost visible presence. Mama began exploring the alligator bag and describing its wonders. There's a green suede lining and a little amber comb, even a secret pocket with a snap. She reached in and finger and drew out a bit of paper. It was a crisp folded. It was crisp folded in green and it was the $500 check. And Papa's voice rose in rich cadence, firm as he'd been, as if, as if he'd been fully expecting a miracle. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And we all joined in. It was the best of Christmases. Oh, wow. Well done, Robert. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. I'm going to have to practice that to be able to get through it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how my dad did that all those years. I know. <laughs> really? Oh, I'm wow. a blubbering mess right now. <laughs> yes. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you for sharing. They're so inspiring. Mm. I sure wish I had uh, something to say. You know, this, <laughs> partic this particular <laughs> Christmas, as crazy a year as it's been, but some regards thanks to COVID, which has uh, freed my sister up, amongst other things, to work remotely, and it's allowed her to, to come back here to Indiana. And, um, and so this, this Christmas... Uh, will mark the first time over five years. I think it was actually seven years ago, last time we were all together at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so that's 
that's a that's a real blessing um that i feel in my life right now and in, in being able to to be together as a family and if i recall correctly it, going back seven years okay that would have been yeah i think it was 2014 um and i was still right in the throes of doing uh, my wandering wizard thing you know and off to hawaii and back and traveling around the country and following the wherever spirit led me um which generally wasn't in um it didn't it didn't send me into um big bank accounts i'll put it that way so it was a it was a it was a lean year and my sister had uh she had gone through an ordeal of um uh, where she had caught on fire and she had lost her job because she was laid up in uh, skin grafts and six months of rehab. Oh my gosh. It's a really incredible story. Um, and uh, um, uh, and so uh, my, everything was tight all around that year. And so... Um, and so we uh, we decided as a family then to not. Hmm, no one was allowed to 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 do anything extravagant. I think we we set a little limit of you know twenty dollars, no gifts over twenty dollars, or mm-hmm. and um, then um, we also uh, we also did something else too, and that uh, each of us wrote um, a letter to each other. And um, to just share whatever was on our heart. Now, we've been known to have some, like, epic, you know, like Christmas opening stuff. And it's one of those things where uh, we don't just tear into our presents and stuff um, right when we get up. After it's after breakfast, and then we'll sit down and we go around the room one at a time, mm-hmm. and that's the way you know. And we can, we in years past when the grandparents were there, and you know, four o'clock might be rolling around, and we're still opening up the last of the presents. So, mm-hmm. um, we really have made a day of it now. This time, we didn't have a whole lot to open, but um what we did is we sat there and um and we did this on on christmas eve by the fire and um we sat down and we read aloud and we just went around one by one each reading the letters that we had written for each other and we took I would say well, it was it was several hours before it was done, and and for me, that was absolutely the best of Christmases. Mm. That's so thoughtful. It is, and I know that whoever might be listening, I know this is a this is a year of leanness, and and there's many out there who. You, do, you may not have much this Christmas, 
But what we do have is we have beauty within our hearts and we have love within our hearts and the ability to even to sit down and to write a letter, letter to put together the words that you really want someone to know. And then to say that and to let that be your gift this Christmas. And that is always enough. That is more than enough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With the that heart energy that is created from feeling that appreciation and, and then extending that gratitude and being responsible for someone glowing, you know, is a it's just it's a beautiful gift also for yourself, you know. <laughs> to to like it. you know yeah lower the veil of how much you appreciate somebody and let them bask in that is truly a gift. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful gift. Mm. For those, um, yes, I guess for this Christmas year, let those you love know just how much you actually love them. Yeah. And together we'll make it through this. Yeah. Yeah. With flying colors and glowing hearts and angel wings. There we go. And halos and yes. the whole thing. Yes. So may we all get everything we're hoping for. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Michael. Oh, and, thank you. Pleasure and, as always. And thank you and Merry Christmas to everybody out there too. Many blessings. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation. <laughs>